Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode. We really appreciate you joining us. This podcast really shows us how we can all learn, live, and thrive off of each other. By sharing our knowledge through our conversations, we will impart some knowledge whilst learning ourselves how to progress even further. Here is your host. Well, hi again, everybody, and welcome back to Anti-Bullying 101. These podcasts are designed to create awareness about the bullying epidemic and provide teachers, administrators, parents, and even students information about the dangers of bullying and why we have to take a comprehensive approach when dealing with the problem. My name is Jim Burns. I'm your host for the show I'm a retired high school administrator with over 40 years of experience in education. Currently, I'm a college instructor and have designed the Bullyproof Classroom, a graduate course that provides my students with permanent help, not temporary relief, as they battle the bullying epidemic. We are in the 10th part of a 10-part series titled, Don't Drink the Kool-Aid. And we're going to be discussing some things today that are maybe a little bit different. Maybe just a little bit different. Uh, I believe that we have followed some theories and philosophies over the course of many, many years, in my case, over 40, that have led us into this gray abyss when it comes down to dealing with students, dealing with bullying, how do we handle deviance, how do we handle disrespect and irresponsibility, and we're going to be taking a look at some things that are going on right now with the kids, for sure. My concern has always been, though, what will they become as adults? And what are we going to do with some of the adults right now that exhibit certain behaviors that are almost kid-like? And what are we going to do in certain situations as an adult when basically we didn't have the training as a kid to manage the situation. So today we're going to be doing something just a little different.
Okay. The first thing that I wanted to share with you during this episode is kids don't fear anything today. They don't fear anything. As a matter of fact, parents fear their kids at times more than kids fear their parents. And the discipline that we use is just systemic. It's either an in-school suspension, an out-of-school suspension, or a detention. And they just become really a slap on the wrist. And the schools become dysfunctional. Kids come into school from dysfunctional families. And while all this is going on, the kids laugh at us. Because they know what the, what the story is. The kids know. There's no question about it. And we have to begin to take a look at the fact that kids just don't fear us. You know, fear is a healthy emotion. It really is. It is a bell that should go off whenever kids are in situations that possibly they could get hurt. They feel like they're being emotionally abused in a relationship. But when it comes down to the fear, I'm not talking about fear of being hurt emotionally or physically. I'm talking about the fear of disappointing someone, the fear of not getting the job done, the fear that you're irresponsible and you don't know how to, every time you have to be responsible, you get anxiety. Because as this is all going on in our schools, there isn't any real consequence that gets kids to do the things that we need them to do. And these kids have been raised in that type of environment. And 30 years ago, 40 years ago, kids absolutely understood the authority of an adult. And as we started to adopt different theories and philosophies, the idea that a kid should fear us is like foreign. I was raised over a bar. And there were a lot of customers that came into my father's bar. And every one of them, regardless of who they were, I had a respect. And I had to uh, show them the respect and the consideration because they were older than me. Sometimes just being older is enough for someone to do what they're supposed to do. The idea that kids can question us in terms of what we're doing, the idea that kids can expect some of the same type of dinner table um, time in terms of conversation is really untrue. They'll get their shot when they get older. 
and we kids just don't have that that fear of disappointment anymore now what's actually happened they've lost their ability to get along you see cuz they don't fear and they don't fear an adult so they don't fear their own their their peers but the the serious part of this is they are rapidly becoming adults who have matured physically but not mentally or emotionally and that's where we are right now there are skills that adults today should have learned when they were in grade school but they don't have them they just don't have them you know the idea that you can disagree but with the right attitude that's a skill by the way and kids need to learn how to cooperate even though they disagree but even in families, if there's a disagreement, it means that they don't like one another. They don't like each other. There's a problem with it. I can't disagree. I'm a college student, and I can't disagree. Because if I disagree, I'm going to lose friends. So what I do is I, I walk around agreeing with everybody. Disagreements are things that get walked away from because of the fear of conflict. That's the next piece that I want to share here. There is a thing that's called productive conflict. And that could exist if the two adults who disagree could leave enough space in the conversation where they can disagree or they can state their own feelings or emotions or facts or whatever the case may be. Can't do that, though, because the egos are too big. Win-win doesn't happen in certain instances. I've shared this a million times. And in certain conversations, sometimes somebody's right, somebody's wrong, there isn't a win-win. Like I said, if the win-win existed, we'd have two presidents, two Super Bowl champs, and two World Series champs. Everybody wins. That's not the. And my point is, if everybody wins, nobody wins. Sometimes the worst conversations that we've had with somebody are the ones that we thought we had. So, what happens? Let's just say... It's teachers. They go into a school. And they disagree with administration. But administration is unapproachable. So what do they do? They spread or they start talking about administration to other people in the school. They start to spread rumors and gossip and and they share things with other people 
And what they don't quite understand is in schools, in companies, there are certain people that you just don't want to share information with because it will get back to the wrong person. And that's usually your boss. And you know what happens when it gets back to your boss? Well, if you're a non-tenured teacher, the chances are pretty good you're going to get fired. Or your boss is going to muzzle you. By being muzzled, I mean in certain schools, in certain corporations, there are... It's almost like a gag order goes up and people fear voicing their opinions because someone who they need to voice their opinion to is unapproachable. When you can't state what's on your mind, and I've been going through this for years when you can't state what's on your mind, you have to walk the line of political correctness, and that's what I refuse to do. I refuse to do it. Political correctness means that you, you speak to the masses and, and you make sure that everybody agrees with you. You do what the whole what everybody else is doing, whether it's wrong or not, you want to be politically correct. And that's not where I can, where I can live. I have to voice my opinion. I'm sure a lot of people disagree with some of these podcasts. My name is Jim Burns. You're listening to Anti-Bullying 101. As I've said in many of the other podcasts, these are teaching podcasts. They're designed to help you gain a greater understanding, not only of bullying, but of a lot of the things that, that are going on in this world in education, maybe corporately, that are affecting the interpersonal relationships between people. And how in this, in terms of this uh, set of episodes, we buy it, we drink it, we drink the Kool-Aid. We don't want to do that anymore. We don't have to be politically correct. We have to have the ability to voice our opinion. And we have to know how to do it correctly. I know, freedom of speech... Well, freedom of speech is the freedom to say or the wisdom to say what you ought to say. That's what freedom of speech is. And certain times if you have this almost knot in your throat and you feel like you have to say something, the only way you're going to be happy is if you say it. Don't get muzzled by the system. Because what's happening? What's happening? Let's go back to the top. Kids don't fear anything today. 
But as we grow older and our behavior deteriorates because we, and I'll just take fear out because we don't respect others, you know, and so on. We end up because of the idea that we have to be politically correct, fearing man. And usually the man with the power will determine how intense that fear will be. This is all very intergenerational. And I don't know that it's ever going to go away. It has contributed to the bullying epidemic because we have, over a 30 to 40 year period, raised a group of of uh, children who became teenagers, who became young adults, who became adults, who lacked the necessary prerequisite skills each and every year socially to move forward in life and become successful adults. And my suggestion right now is this. Let's be sure that we do a few things. Let's learn how to cooperate even though we disagree. Let's help our kids understand that they, can, that they have to cooperate even though they disagree. Let's disagree with the right attitude. Let's understand that we can voice our opinions and we can say what's on our mind. Let's stay away from the idea that somebody is going to muzzle us. Once the person in charge, the man, is, un- is unapproachable, it becomes rather difficult to hold it inside when there are things that are troubling you at work, regardless of what they are, because then you end up spreading rumors and gossip. We have to get along with one another. There are 8 billion people on the planet. The chances are pretty good that we're going to be around people our entire life. And dealing with each other, cohabitating with each other, doing it in a positive way, being honest with one another, all of that, All of that helps put a stop to the bullying epidemic. That's where we're at. So let's see what we could do. Let's help our kids become more respectful and responsible. And as we move forward, let's learn to be honest. Let's stay away from being muzzled. Let's avoid the the idea that we have to be politically correct. And let's do all that we can to work together and get along in this society that we live in. Because the last 40 years, I've seen a decline, and I don't know if we can go much further down. Let's work together, folks. My name is Jim Burns. 
You've been listening to Anti-Bullying 101. Please go to my website, www.bullyproofclassroom.com. Check out the products and the courses that are there. You'll love them. I'm going to leave a few links on this episode description so that you can click on them and you can go to the course or you can go to the site or you can go to a product or whatever it may be. Take a look at some of this stuff. You might be surprised. We are going to be doing 100 episodes for season one. We'll st- we will, and then we will start season two, and we are going to be harping on some of the same things, but we're going to be changing our topics, and we're going to be looking at different things that, that are going on right now that maybe need to change. So let's do it. Let's do it, folks. Let's see if we can make a dent in the epidemic, and let's see if we can learn as adults, how to get along better with our children, co-workers, and family members. Again, my name is Jim Burns. You've been listening to Anti-Bullying 101.